Okay. All right. So, so um, hi everybody. It's Elise and Lulu, and we are here because we wanted um, to test if you can tell our voices apart yet. Ready? And also, who am I? You're Elise. No, I'm Psych. Lulu. Okay, keep going. Um, so we wanted to give you a podcast bonus. Um, this is a really neat story about echolocation. There was no room for it in our show, but we wanted to share it with you. So it's about echolocation and trying to learn it. Um, and again, echolocation is this. It's a technique um, that's used by an increasing number of people who are blind. They listen to how those clicks bounce off the world around them. And from the sound of the clicks coming back, they can make sense of the world in very, very real and specific ways. The technique was popularized by the man who is on our show this week, Daniel Kish. And Lulu, you talked to a woman who tried to learn this technique but had some unexpected complications, right? Right. So, Elise, would you like to know a really great way to make a good clicking sound? Yeah. All right. We'll just do what Daniel Kish told Julianne Bell. Imagine licking peanut butter off the roof of your mouth. Oh. And as soon as I did that, oh, I got my click. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you, peanut butter. <laughs> Julianne Bell has been blind since birth and first heard about echolocation when she was 38 years old and the mother of two boys. Up until that point, she had spent her whole life getting around unfamiliar places on someone's arm. I really didn't feel that I had any other option. Even though there were blind people that I knew who traveled more independently than I did, I quite simply did not have the emotional ability to manage that. My anxiety would be too high. She said she felt too nervous with a cane or a guide dog. Physically, I would be like serious butterflies, like when you're about to go on stage or you're about to do something really scary. But when I'm holding onto someone's arm, it was like the world returned. Yeah. In fact, it was her husband's arm she fell in love with first. His arm literally reached out and rescued her when a careless boyfriend had left her alone and terrified one night in college. The feel of his arm is quite unique in a sense. I'd never get it confused with anybody else, you know? And Thomas, her husband, loved having her on his arm too. It was quite a nice feeling to have her on my arm. It sort of brought us closer together. Which would eventually make Daniel Kish's echolocation lessons... Hello. ...a problem. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> this is Daniel Kish, the aforementioned expert clicker, who Julianne hired to give her echolocation lessons after she happened to hear about him on the TV one day. And once he had helped Julianne master her click, Daniel turned to a much more difficult thing to conquer, letting go of the arm. Yeah. He told her that when you hold on to the arm too much, you have, in fact, failed to activate the neurology that, that is critical for freedom to occur. So he urged her to forego the arm as much as possible. I would find myself walking very close. Yeah. I, I would sort of hover. Which was hard for Thomas. Yeah, you just want to grab her and be like, no, go this way. And her two sons, Daniel and Joshua. Yeah, it was daunting and scary. It is. It's an emotional thing. I would invariably not take his arm, and it was just tense. He was tense, I was tense, everybody was tense. But... Little by little, she got more comfortable with clicking. 
until finally she was so confident that she decided to do something that just months before would have been absolutely unthinkable. Travel alone to California to go hiking with Daniel. Sunny summer day, summer day in Los Angeles, in the canyons of Los Angeles. So flash forward. Beautiful day. It's Daniel and Julianne and a few of Daniel's friends hiking along a steep ravine. We're hiking along, la la la. When out of the blue, we heard a scream and a slidey, soily sound. And, and I went straight down the side of the cliff. At a certain point, she hits rock and starts rolling. Log rolling down the side. Really fast. I'm trying to grab on with anything I had. I lost my cane, I lost my hiking stick. And you have no idea how... How is this going to end? Thankfully, a friend of Daniel's... He jumped down. ...and helped her roll to a stop. And once she realized she was battered, bruised, but okay, her first thought was of her family. Yeah, the the thought I had was they're going to be really mad. And they were. I was... Especially Thomas. Pretty shocked and concerned and I guess angry. And of course, my husband's first response is, well, Daniel should have taken better care of you. That Daniel might have put her in a dangerous situation. And I said, you know what? I'm a grown-up. And I didn't do what I was instructed to do, which was to put my hiking stick down first. It happens to all hikers, you know? People fall. It took some time. But eventually, Thomas got the message. The person he loved wanted to be let go. And he needed to let her. Yeah, you, you really have to surrender because there's that physicality of guiding someone and the intimacy of that. Um, so you lose that. Her boys spoke about this too, how it was hard to give up being her guide. We would walk down the street and go to the bus stop and I would have to guide her to where she wanted to go. You know, she'd always comment as I got older how my arms would get bigger and how I'd get taller. And I think I felt, I'm trying to think, where to phrase it, proud. And I didn't even realise at the time what I was doing by wrenching away. I didn't realise the impact that might have on them. So what do you do when you realize that healing yourself hurts the people around you. And that's one of the reasons why I tend to hold his arm now. The other reason is that in the last year, Thomas has become ill. It looks a little like MS. And so every day now, Julianne takes his arm and they walk. And that is part of how we still connect. Uh, We'll head down the street, I think, because there's a lot of space here. He now uses a walking stick. She often uses her cane, and uh, we walk side by side. So it's the same gesture, but does it actually feel like a reversal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, metaphorically speaking, that's what's happening now. She is sort of taking the lead and sort of caring for me. Something here as well. I'm guessing it's another tree, tree tree-like, or it could be a person. (laughs) Julianne Bell now works for an organization founded by Daniel Kish. His organization is dedicated to teaching blind adults and children how to echolocate. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.
Support for Invisibilia comes from Trunk Club, a men's outfitting service. After signing up for Trunk Club, you'll be matched with your own personal stylist who will work to make you look great. Each of Trunk Club's stylists has gone through extensive training to learn which sizes, colors, and brands will look great on you. The best part? Your stylist will get to know you better over time, making each trunk more fine-tuned to your style and preferences than the last. Get started at trunkclub.com invisibilia. Support also comes from Arizona State University. ASU has more than 70 bachelor's, master's, and doctorate degrees offered 100% online. So you have the ability to learn wherever you want, whenever you want. They offer six start dates a year and were recently ranked in the top 10 for online education by U.S. News and World Report. To learn more, visit online.asu.edu.